are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. We've teased it long enough, Kevin. We've talked about it here and there. Mm-hmm. The time has come to go deep into the numbers and kind of look at Willie's defense in 2020 compared to what we've been expecting from 2019 and 2018. I thought you were going to say his vision. What What's his vision? Is it 2040, <laughs> 2080? What are we working with here with right. Mr. Adamas? Yes, his defense. Uh, there's been a... It's come to a boiling point, I guess, on whether he's having a good defensive year or a bad defensive year or an in-between defensive year. And and you've been, I, I think, for like the past 72 hours, you've just been digging deep into the numbers and the analytics and everything, and you have your presentation, you have your PowerPoint available <laughs> to prove me, persuade me one way or the other. Well, first of all, before I start to get into these numbers, I want to say a couple of things. When you look at defensive numbers and analytics, these numbers are growing and changing every day. Uh, Even people that use this uh, on a day-to-day basis tell you that there's not a 100% certainty in how you can actually value defensive uh, prowess. So that's number one. Right. Okay. Number two, 2020, obviously, it's not going to give you the same amount of reliability due to the small sample size. So when a guy is out there for 1,314 innings, like Willie was in 2019, it's not going to be the same to compare it to 356 from this year. That's almost 3.5 times um, the amount that he did in, in, in 2020 so far. So having put another those- way, put another way, it'd be like saying, Austin Meadows is a 200 hitter and is going to be a 200 hitter the rest of his career based on what he's done this season or has not done this season. Exactly. So now let's get nerdy. Let's get into the analytics here. Let's start with UZR, ultimate zone rating. Now, in 2019, he was graded at 1.7. Let's look at 2020. That's negative 1.5. Taking a big hit. And then you take at UZR per 150, that's 150 innings. Doesn't look too good. He was graded at 2.5 last year. This year, negative 6.0. Big drop off. Let's look at defensive war. Defensive war, he was at 8.4 in 2019. 2020, 0.4. That again. Now we should note defensive war. That's like a. It's not defensive war per se. It's a defensive rating. He 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 clearly didn't have eight point four defensive war. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Last but not least, defensive runs saved. Last year, 
He was graded at 12. This year, at 1. So even if you extrapolate... Siri chiming in. Not Perry, but Siri chiming in. Wow, that was wow, amazing. Wow, that's great. That's great. Okay, so here we go again. Um, DRS, 2019, he was graded at 12. Yeah. In 2020, 1. So even if you do extrapolate, he's nowhere near that defensive prowess. So any, th- any way that you, you slice it, all of these analytics are not saying good things about Willie. Now... If all of that was mumbo-jumbo analytics that you don't care about, I'll go traditional stats. Mm -hmm. Willie has seven errors this year. That tops all shortstops in the American League. And doesn't seem like they're here and there. They come in bunches with him. In a span of five games, he had four errors. Then he went 18 games without one, and then in a three, he gets an error, and then in a three-game span, he gets two. So I think it, that's Ben Rosa was talking about how he was kind of scared about Willis defense coming to the playoffs. I think he's got a point because if they come in bunches in a division series, in a wild card series of three games, five games, seven games. Two, three errors that come in those series could cost you a couple of games. That is true. But what's the alternative? Would you rather put Joey Wendell out there at short? Mike Brousseau out there at short? No. Try to mask it with shifts? I mean, I still think Willie's probably your best option going forward. I I think he's the best option just because of the overall value. But... I think this might you, be very naive, but uh-huh. you just wanted to pick it up. You want you want that regression uh, regression to the mean to happen t- today. Right. <laughs> today, starting against the Nationals, you want to see that span of eighteen games without an error. That's the Willie that you're expecting. I, it's very difficult to play shortstop. It might be well, top two, top three <laughs> most uh, difficult positions mm-hmm. to play in baseball. But he has the prowess. He has shown it in the past in last year. I mean, all the analytics loved him by the end of the season. They did. And I'm actually surprised you didn't mention outs above average this year because he ranks among shortstops, I think, dead last yeah. in outs above average with negative five. So the analytics basically say, yeah, Willie Adamas ain't doing so great. With the eye test... To me, it seems like he gets to just about every ball. The throws and the tosses, that's what, for the most part, has been off the marks at times. I mean, I can show you a highlight reel of him making plays in deep short or going out into center field and making a play or scooping up a a ball to his left or right. I can show you plays like that all day. But, you know, I think it also part of – to me, it has to go back a little bit to the reps or lack of reps that guys aren't getting this season because of all the quirky protocols that are in place. You can only get to the ballpark at a certain time. You know, you, Willie Adamas is a guy, and I think shortstop position is an area where you need consistent 
consistent reps before after the game and aren't there like these quirky rules in place where okay you got to be off the field within a half an hour or 90 minutes like i don't even i don't know if they've changed yeah. that or what but it seems like he can't Two hours before the ball yeah. the ball uh, you go to the ballpark he, he can't get to the yeah. ballpark at noon if he wants to and wants to work with rodney lenars and i think that's well, a problem that's the thing. Last year, that's exactly what he would do, Kevo, right? He would practice with Rodney in all the drills that he had in his back pocket, and it did help him. I mean, you saw his defense go not, from night to day uh, after May. I think the, uh, the first couple of months, he was just not a good shortstop last year, and then he became probably one of the best ones mm-hmm. in the American League. Where is that turning point happening? Because if you're saying, well, it happened after two months in 2019, maybe he needs to get enough reps to get hot. Well, unfortunately, buddy, the whole season is two months. So you're going to get hot in the playoffs. That, again, speaks to Ben's point that it does make you, you know, clammy hands right here. Let me ask you this. Do you think he is regressing defensively at the position or this is just something where it's a small sample size, and over the course of 162, things would even out and get back to normal, so to speak, with Willie. See, that's the thing. I don't know. Because even though we have had 2018 and 2019 of Willie Adamas in a raised uniform, some would consider that that's still a small sample size. Mm-hmm. Okay? That, that's not a, a long career whatsoever. I mean, you're playing a sport where people can win an MVP one year and be playing independent ball <laughs> three years later. You talk about it with relievers all the time. So you don't have that breadth of, of, of career numbers in there to say, of course, Willie's going to pick it up. I want him to pick it up. I think he can. I think he's got the talent for it. But it, 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 it better happen soon. I mean, this is a team that if they're trying to go to the World Series, you can't have a shortstop, you know, be essentially – one of the worst out there defensively, right? Well, let me put that into perspective too. So I guess according to fan graphs in these 356 innings that he's played so far, defensively, looking at the metrics on the whole, he ranks 18th among all shortstops, correct? Right, correct. Okay, so that's uh, middle-ish in the league? Yeah, okay. worse, than, worse than middle-ish, right? Like- all right, well, let me throw this out. Nick Ahmed. He's right. won gold gloves last two years. Yes. He's 14th on yeah. the list this season. Yeah. So I, I think I, I keep going back to, yes, with the 60-game season and it takes Willie a little bit longer to heat up and get into a group, that could certainly be a problem come playoff time. But I'm not going to sit here and say I think he's regressed or gotten substantially worse as a shortstop defensively. Yeah. I don't think that's where you put your money in, especially right. as a race fan and because, you know, you, you have seen him play. But I will counter that. Okay, Nick Ahmed is 14th and he's got gotten gloves. But to my point, winning teams have good shortstops. Go on fan graphs. Look at that list. Lindor, Cleveland, going to the playoffs. Tatis, mm-hmm. Padres, going to the playoffs. Uh, Semyon, Oakland, going to the playoffs. Polanco, Minnesota, going to the playoffs. Bias, Cubs, going to the playoffs. You have, I mean, 
you have to have a good defensive shortstop in order to make it all the way. I I I don't remember the last time. And again, chime in on ad lock time. Well, I, I'm looking at this list race. right now, and I see okay, Dansby Swanson, thirteenth, going to the playoffs. Didi Gregorius, Phillies, going to the playoffs. Tim Anderson, White Sox, definitely going to the playoffs. Corey Seager, twenty first, Dodgers, definitely, definitely going to the playoffs and may win a championship. Okay, but I, I, again, top I, 10, they're mostly good shortstops and they're mostly going to the playoffs. It, 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 look, I think you can go to the playoffs with a Mike Zunino uh, batting, right? Right. I don't think you can go to the playoffs when you have a hole on shortstop. Yeah, but I don't and I'm think not calling William Thomas a hole, is a hole. Yeah. But he, again, sam- small sample size and all. He right now is the 18th ranked on Fangraphs. Okay. Not good. Yes, that is a fact. That is a fact. Also, we have to remember, we are totally ignoring what he has done offensively this season at the Trop or not. And what have we said before? We have made this point that all things being equal, we'd rather have a guy that can produce and produce big at the plate and will take off a little bit of the defense. It's a little bit different with shortstop because you are going to get so many plays. But when you add in shifts and things like that, and if you've got really great pitching on the mound, if you've got Blake Snell, Tyler Glass now, I mean, do you really need a great shortstop <laughs> behind you? That's the other argument. Because right. everything... If, if when you're bullpen, when your stable throws 98, is striking everybody out. When you have Glass now, Morton, Snell in competition... Throw, I, get, I get your point. Look, I, bottom line is... Bottom line is Willie Adamas is ranked sixth among all shortstops in war. He's fifth among all shortstops in WRC+. Plus. Uh, and it, I say tied for seventh among all shortstops in war. Who's he tied with? Francisco Lindor and Xander Bogarts. Pretty good company that's, right there. That's how good he's been offensively. And again, just like I, I, I judged Zunino on his overall value, look, let's also you know, judge Willie overall value. Overall value, you'd rather stick Willie Domus in that lineup no matter the seven errors that top the, sh- the, the all shortstops in the American League, all the, the defensive analytics that hate him as of today, you mm-hmm. have to play Willie Adamas because of overall value. If I judge Zunino saying that his overall value is negative to the team, I don't care how many runs he covers while he wears a glove, but he can't do that while he's at the box. It also goes the other way. Willie is producing so much with the bat, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it might make you nervous with the errors, but you've got to play Willie Adamas. And we've also got it like, who is keeping track of these errors? Are these errors really errors? Like, that's another thing we've got to keep in mind. Who was the base runner when Willie Adamas made that errant throw? I think there's so many other things that have to be taken into account. And I, I've got to look more at than Fangraph says he's ranked 18th or uh, MLB.com has him worse in baseball and outs above average. I watch Willie Adamas every game, and on the whole, I've been satisfied with what he's done this season. Yeah, the, the mistakes everybody's going to make mistakes, especially really. You would say you were satisfied with his defense. I, when I, when I see Willie Adamas, when I think of Willie Adamas today, I'm thinking of deep stops in the hole. That's what I'm thinking of with Willie. 
I feel are, are like you, what are you un- thinking of the the errors on routine plays? I guess yes. Okay. Yeah, that's what kills me. I would rather have the guy that makes one hundred percent of the routine plays than ever so often makes an incredible play. So basically, so then if that is the point, you might as well stick Joey Wendell in there because Joey Wendell will make the routine plays, but he's not making that stop. Right, whole, but, I don't but again, then we have to go to overall value. And the overall right. value is that Willie has more overall value than Joey Wendell. Wow, it, we had a lot to say about this. Is Willie Adamas a top half shortstop in the league? Top dozen or so shortstops in the league on the whole? Yes. Okay. Uh, what you I mean think on that's the whole, comes, that means overall value, correct? That means defense. That means offense. That means base yes. running. That means leadership. Better than average. Better than average, correct. I say that's that's a pretty good mark for a guy who's making five hundred sixty grand this year. Who's in his, in his, in his second full, uh, full year? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Just, I wonder, you know, you got to talk about these things because uh, they're blatant sometimes. I think in twenty twenty, a lot of fans have noticed, and I know the eye test is not all you know there is about it, but when there's defensive analytics, there's the eye test, all telling you the same thing. We had to talk about it. Now, I do think, too, when the playoffs come and the stage is bigger, Willie Adamas seems to shine when the Hopefully. stage is big. Relay throw, anybody? Like, exactly. I think things will come around when it gets to that point. I'm just, I just have really a lot of trouble judging a guy based off of uh, 45, 50-game sample size. Moreover, this crazy, crazy season where guys are so... Right. Out of their routine. Again, I go back to the example of Austin Meadows and things like that. And like, you know, I'm not, are people suddenly saying that Nick Ahmed's not a good shortstop anymore? I, I don't think that's necessarily the case either. So again, let's go back to the cu- first couple of things I said. You can't, you know, grain of salt, everybody, small right. sample size. And again, defensive analytics, uh, these numbers uh, change every day on, on how you can read them. So there's just that. be honest. You you want you want the Rays to call up Wander Franco and, <laughs> and kick Adamas to the curb. Is that what you're trying to imply here? Well, I I, I thought we were gonna go a day without na- naming Wander Franco, but I guess we had we hadn't reached the quota of saying Wander Franco in a podcast. The bosses upstairs they said you have to mention Wander Franco at least once a week. So here People is our won't tune in. People won't hear hear us if we don't say Wander Franco. You know what you've done here? You've stirred it up. There's going to be somebody out there. Who's going to tweet at us? I guarantee if you put these Willie Adamas stats, these demeaning stats on Twitter, somebody (laughs) will say Wander season. No way. or something. I guarantee it. People know. People know he's not coming up. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Somebody's going to do it out of spite now. (laughs) I will not take Willie Adamas slander on this podcast. Uh, I wonder, did those errors, did most of those errors come at home or on the road? Because we know he has that. Good thing that you asked that. Good thing that you asked that because they actually did do my homework, Kevo. Out of those seven errors, three have been at home, four have been away. Interesting. Four of the away were in Atlanta, two in Baltimore, and one at Yankee Stadium. The ones at home were against Atlanta, against Toronto, and against Miami. So you mentioned there were like four airs in a pretty quick period. Was that at the very beginning-ish Correct. of the season? Okay. So in five games, uh, in, a, in a span of five games, he had four airs in the beginning of the season. Then he went 18 games without one, then committed a, uh, an air, went another six games without it, and then in three games, got charged for two. 
Okay. I'm, I'm almost willing to, I know this is so like wrong and not really correct, but I, I, I throw out the first five, 10 games, anything defensively <laughs> because guys are just coming back. I mean, they didn't even have, are you going to throw they, away his, his offensive numbers too? Well, of course not, but. Ah, oh, okay. There you go. I, oh my God. Uh, killing me. I don't trust Fangrass, but I, 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 I didn't say that. I trust, I trust Fangrass. I, I think they do a great <laughs> job and everything like that. I just, I think <sighs> at the end of the day, again, prop bet. There we if go. 2021 is a 162 game season. According to Fangraph's defensive, uh, you know, shredder. Their, yeah. Their defensive shredder here recipe, if you will, he will rank in the top half, top, top 15. I, I'd even go as far as Dude, top he's 12. 18 right now. That's not a really, a, okay. Top uh, 12, top 12. He'll rank top 12. At say least. top 10. Put your money where your mouth is. Okay. I mean, top 12 is pretty darn good, but sure, top 10. <laughs> I'll say okay. top 10. He'll rank where he ranked, I guess, in... Uh, well, you have some aging shortstops like Crawford and uh, some yeah. other guys will be coming off the book. So, yes, fine. Top 10. Even If it's tied for top 10, you're giving me that point. There you go. Fair? Fair. Wow. A lot of Willie Adamas talk. Wow, this is the, the Locked on Willie Adamas po- podcast. Locked on Willie, locked on Wander, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. One more time. There you go. We went long. Coming up (laughs) next, we've got, believe it or not, another Randy Arozarena nickname. And the listeners have weighed in on the Nike swoosh on jersey debate. We'll discuss that. But first, got to tell you about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com okay kevin give it to me number 28 on the list of randy arosarenas nicknames hit me oh i could not have said that as well as you said that this one from our good buddy Ty McCann checking in on the Randy Arozarena sweepstakes. <laughs> oh man! By the way, okay, with the nickname, it's just a joke. It's all in good fun, bro. Not people took it death. seriously. I love it. People took it way too seriously. <laughs> As Sweet and Lal season put up on Twitter and emphasized, and he came up with the A Roz nickname. Right. Call them whatever you like. No one is forcing you to do anything. I think that is the message we need to get across. This is not, we, we are not putting this into the Florida legislature here. Wait, we're not? I thought that the whole vitriol was going to be good for this podcast. We were going to go viral, baby. 
Well, that's ultimately what we're trying to do at the oh. end of the day. So gotcha. we do want to okay. get people riled up in some sense, yeah. but you don't have to call <laughs> each other idiots and dummies on Twitter. It's just yeah. a freaking Let's keep it civil. Okay? Come on, guys. We're, we're a family here. Locked on race family. Ulysses, you go with Abanero. I'll, yeah. I'll go with A-Roz or Chef yeah. Randy at times. Call him whatever you want. Nobody cares. No, nobody's listening to you screaming out whatever his nickname is from the television. So you know, the beautiful thing about uh, a Rosarena and his nicknames is that he is a multi-skilled man. And mm-hmm. as such, he has many nicknames that you can call him. On Tuesdays, we call him the Cuban Rocket. Why not? Yeah. And on Fridays, we go with A-Ross. Maybe go. a nickname whatever. a day. That might be a thing. Um, okay, go. so from Ty McCann, he says, Gents, as painful as it is to listen to the Red Sox broadcast during a four-game series, Ty is Wolf. based in Boston, by the way, they did provide Arena with a cool new nickname. Because he's been so hot, they called him the Arazaraniac a couple of times. I think it's a good nickname suggestion. However, if we don't want to give the uh, broadcast crew... Uh, kudos i understand go raise and go bucks so that's not a bad one i'm i you know i don't want to give red Sox broadcast crews credit but right it's a little play off the animaniacs which i used to watch growing up so Me a too, little man. nostalgia factor there i used to watch that's it in another spanish one. yeah wow yeah that must have been really kind of quick and <laughs> i mean it was fun from what i remember yeah I, I apparently Hulu's like got some kind of deal. They're they're gonna like do a reboot of the Animaniacs or something really? like that. But yeah, I don't I don't know all the details. What I do know is if you do like this nickname, Arazaraniac, even if it does come from a Red Sox broadcast crew, use it. You are free to use that if you well, want. Well, I'm I'm gonna write a little bit of an email to you at Kevin Weiss. 2013.com, whatever uh, it is. I'm glad yeah. that's not my real. <laughs> was I close though? Not even close. Uh, ish. I get. I mean, yeah, you've got my name in there and some numbers in there, but it's not Ooh. not totally vitriol. Vitriol going your way. You know, Ty. I've got a little tip for Ty because based in Boston, he's got to watch the Essen <gasps> broadcast. Keep going. You know where I'm going with this. Pause the television and sync it up with the Rays radio feed. That would be beautiful. But I thought you were going another way. But the I've I've got another the other idea is to fork up a couple Skittles and get the MLB.tv broadcast. No, because he would still be blacked out, wouldn't he? Not based in Boston, I don't. Oh, maybe yeah, he would. He would, I, unless they aren't playing the Red Sox. The Red Sox, exactly. So, but that's, you know, in a normal season, that's 18 games, 19 games you're missing. So that makes it tough. I thought you were going with something else. He's based in Boston. He said, go Bucks. Is he going to wear a Buccaneers Brady shirt around town? Because if so, I want video footage of that tie. Ty can handle himself. So I think he is brave enough to do that. I think so too, man. Um, You know, it's funny because... I don't think they would be because the Patriots did win yesterday. And I think that they've moved on. And I think finding out that Tom Brady struggled a little bit in his first game with the bucks. I think the fact that he brought them so many good memories, it's like, okay, he's old. He's moving to Florida. We get it. We respect it. I don't think there would be so much hate. 
as opposed to if he went Where, to a New York team or something like that. What if he – okay, so you don't think that that's brave? Okay, what about if he wears a Crawford jersey around Boston? Yes, that could be an issue for sure. That could – yeah. I, I think, think so. that definitely could spark up something. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, the, the third idea as far as trying to absorb Rays baseball and not have to get the Red Sox broadcast, there are – um, some, shall I say, not kosher streams out there that can be found on the interweb. So I think uh, if you're looking get for your drift, the, yeah. Yes, I think uh, I will say no more with that. Um, okay, let, let's quickly move on here. Uh, we had quite a bit of discussion yesterday about the Nike swoosh logo on <laughs> MLB jerseys. Ulysses, you are very upset about it. Uh, the fans, though, are kind of in my boat. They are either indifferent about it or they kind of like it. Honestly, I'm surprised about those Twitter results. You want to read them out? Yes. Uh, so the question we put out there on Twitter, how do you feel about MLB uniforms having the Nike swoosh? 29.2% say they love it. 52.3% say they're indifferent. And 18.5% are in Ulysses's camp and say they hate it. I thought this was going. I was pretty confident this was about the way it was going to go because I think, really, frankly, people don't care. I don't think they even notice it. I mean, you already had the majestic thing. Look, look. If if Alex Verdugo is out there and allowed to wear gold plated <laughs> shin guards and elbow guards and huge gold chains, like what's a little Nike swoosh on a jersey? And guys were already wearing the the Nike dry fit undershirt for years and. I know. Everybody's I just, got different gloves and cleats and batting gloves. I don't like I said, I don't like see I, the issue with it. Like I said yet yeah, on yesterday's pod, I just feel like this is a slippery slope. I come from Winter League, so I know what goes down in the Mexican, Dominican, mm-hmm. and, and Venezuelan League where it starts with a little, you know, sleeve patch and the Nike swoosh, and everybody's indifferent about it. At least 52.3% are indifferent about it. Right. But I'll tell you, those 18.5% of people that hate it, they know what, what, what this is leading to. They're going to be wearing NASCAR, you know, automobiles as jerseys mm. in the next five years. Well, they already had a little bit of a slippery slope with putting advertisements on mounds. Mm-hmm. So before mm-hmm. long, you might have two advertisements on mounds, <laughs> then three, then the entire mound. Just like you said, it's going to look like a NASCAR driver. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got Not some good. comments here on the, uh, the very, very heated Nike swoosh <laughs> debate. Brett Schaffer says, it's way better than the Majestic logo. Are you guys serious? So I guess the Majestic logo was on the side of the arm. I didn't really notice that as much, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't really care about the Me either. The I logo. honestly I, never, never paid attention yeah. to that one. Yeah. Again, I, I, if it does go down this slippery slope and we, we see a fat Papa John's logo on the center of the jersey, yeah, I'm going to be a little bit bothered by that. But as of right now, considering that you know Nike is the official sponsor and the official provider of all – gear basically all jerseys and uniforms and things like that they want to get banged for their bucks so i totally understand that and and, and brett are we serious buddy we are dead serious about this i put a puking emoji on this so you better know that i'm serious and we are the people that cause vitriol with nicknames on randy so yeah that is true 
We are very uh, serious. At Baldus Bradley says, should be on the sleeve. I think them putting it on the front is tacky, although it's what they normally do with jerseys. And uh, Jeff Crawford says, I don't understand why teams support or let themselves be sponsored by companies that make 95% of their inventory overseas and some in sweatshops. Now that's a different discussion. That's like, uh, Mic that's drop. like a policy discussion that we may have to have. <laughs> uh, probably not. We, I don't know if we should have that discussion on, on a yeah. baseball podcast, but that is a, he did. Yes. He put his opinion out there. <laughs> yeah. That is for sure. And he does have a good point. You know, maybe good if, point, Jeff if yeah. Nike, uh, you know, brought some factories back to America. That would be nice and, and help alleviate some of our issues here. But yeah. So at the end of the day, you have an issue with it. I'm kind of indifferent. I don't, I, I totally like, I, I don't you even really notice it during the games. I, I more I notice get the, I get the, yours. I get yeah. your point of view, but th- there are 29.2% of people that love it. That it, this was missing mm-hmm. in their, in their baseball experience. They were like, why can't I see a logo on these jerseys? They, they must either have stock in Nike or if they're going to fork, what, $300 for an authentic jersey, they don't want it to be from Majestic. They want it to be from Nike and to be, quote-unquote, quality material. Cooler. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got, I guess, maybe a bigger issue with the fact that, like, in the stands, they've just got these big old advertisements <laughs> and big tarped-off areas that yeah. say Papa John's and Moffat Cancer Center and Tire yeah. Company this or that and... I, I, again, I think the Rays are going to keep some of those and just limit capacity, limit fan capacity. That's your slippery slope right there. Hey, 100%. And you know what? Call me Boomer. I hate it. Whatever. Boomer. Oh boomer. Okay, Boomer. Whatever. On that note, that'll wrap up this edition of Locked on Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on Fantasy Baseball. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you Wednesday.